Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast for the Wilmington, Ohio Church of Christ. We pray that this message will inspire you and help you grow closer to God in your faith. Be sure to stick around after the message to find out more about how you can take your next best step. Enjoy the message. I've been playing phase 10 for 20 years. It started with our best friends from Kentucky, where we started having New Year's Eve celebration, where we go out for dinner, my wife and I, our two best friends, we go out for dinner, and then we end the evening playing cards until the new year. And often we would play phase 10. Since then, My family has picked up the game Phase 10, and we play regularly. In 20 years, I have never, ever won a game of Phase 10. My challenge to myself this year is to beat my family, and if God wills it, my friends too, at the game Phase 10. And they enjoy it. My family enjoys that I don't win. And I think they team up on me so that I keep the losing streak alive. This, This year, this is the year. Similarly, likewise, I have a particular challenge on this Christmas Day Sunday morning. The challenge is for me to take all the trappings of Christmas and the story of the manger, and the wise men, and the shepherd, and the angel, and somehow connect your soul to Jesus himself. We don't want to forget that the point of the story is the connection we have in a relationship with a living God, personally being able to be with him because God has come to be with us. And your challenge today is to respond to that call that Christ gives. Come to me, all you who are weak and weary. Let me pray for us. Lord, I just ask for your help. We all need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to what is true and good and holy to open our eyes to the beauty of Jesus Christ, God with us. Lord, I just ask for your help. Help me connect the scripture to you and help our souls connect personally to Jesus Christ and help us to respond in a way that brings us new life, that saves our souls, that forgives our sins, that heals our bodies. Lord, would you connect us? It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. First, the challenge. There is a passage or two of Scripture that we just have to read, it seems like, on Christmas Day. And maybe it's a passage that you've already started hearing today and that you'll hear again and that we just repeat over and over every year. But it is so valuable and so good for us to hear it. In those days, this is from Luke chapter 2, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, 
and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. I know some of your text says there was no room at the inn, but it was probably no room in any of their family's homes. David went home, and nobody had a room for him. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. That's the birth narrative of Jesus Christ of Nazareth found in Luke chapter 2. And there's a couple of key words in there that I think if we can meditate on and focus on and pray about, maybe we'll connect us to Jesus. The first is this this expression the angels gave to the shepherd. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. Savior, Christ, and Lord. Savior means God rescues. This is an incredible gift that our God would make himself the God, the creator of the universe, who is almighty, all-powerful, all-knowing, would make himself so small as to be able to come and be with us. Emmanuel, God with us. And it is also so scary that we are so bad off, stuck in our sinful ways, that it takes the God of the universe to come to earth and rescue us. Savior means rescuer. Specifically, it means God rescues. And it is a beautiful gift and a terrible judgment, all wrapped in one. I know sometimes we often think, well, I'm not so bad, or maybe I'm not as bad as those others. And no, it takes God to rescue us. Well, think about it. The scripture describes sin in three different ways. Sin, missing the mark. 
transgressions, which is like active rebellion against what we know is right. We know one thing we're supposed to do, but we do the opposite. And iniquities, which means we take something good and we pervert it into something bad. All of us have missed the mark. All of us have rebelled against God. And all of us have perverted something good and made it selfishly our own. We are much worse than we think about ourselves. And the story of Jesus coming to earth reminds us of that. In the midst of that beautiful story that we see kind of imaginatively, like it's a beautiful, starry night, clear, not cold, negative 30 degrees, it's actually got a lot of ugliness in it. Joseph and Mary were rejected by their family because she was pregnant out of wedlock. They had no room for them in any of their homes. The king of the universe born and made small and placed in a feeding trough. And it wasn't a heavenly host angel choir that we think of. This was God's military unit. It doesn't say they sang. It says they said he is the king. And the people who heard about it first, the lowest of the low, the shepherds. God rescues, but there's terrible ugliness in that rescue. And it's beautiful because he made himself low for us. And only he could do it. That's the word Messiah or Christ, the anointed one. There's only one person that could make himself who is so big that can make himself small enough to come and rescue us. And it's Jesus Christ, God with us. In fact, Isaiah chapter 53 describes, describes how Jesus made himself available to all of us. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted, but he was pierced for our transgressions. There's that rebellion word. He was crushed for our iniquities. There's that perversion word. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each one of us has turned to our own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. We needed a Savior, and it could only be one, the Anointed One, the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus Christ, He's the only one big enough to take everyone's sin onto him because he is God with us. And he is the only one perfectly human who never sinned that could stand in our place to take our punishment. And instead of us receiving the punishment we deserve, it was laid on Christ. That's what it means for him to be the one, the Messiah. Today, town of David, a savior, God rescues, has been born to you. He is the one, the Messiah. He's also king, Lord, master. Today, when Briley was baptized, she didn't just accept Jesus Christ as her savior for her sins. She also accepted him as king and master over her whole life. 
How can we respond to this? Because that's the challenge today, right? The wise men, they responded in a particular way. You remember the story of the wise men? After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who's been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard about this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what was the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. The Magi and the shepherds both responded to this Savior, Messiah, King with joy. And the wise men, they bowed down and worshipped. And then they sacrificially gave. Not that the king of the universe needed anything, but because they were saying, what we value, we give up to take on what is more valuable, who is Jesus, our king. There are several ways that you can respond, and that's your challenge today, to respond to Jesus, to connect your soul to him. There are several ways you can respond. This reminds me, I, I, there, there are 12 different ways you can score from third base that you can't from second, but I can only ever remember nine of them. And one time there was a, a Christian brother that get, said there are five ways that Jesus heals us, and I can only remember four of them. He created our bodies naturally to heal. He gave us doctors and medicine. He can miraculously heal us. And then there's a future healing that's going to take place when we are in heaven. We see Jesus face to face and our bodies are made perfect and our character is made like him and we'll be healed forever. There's no more tears, no more crying, no more negative 30 degree weather. We are just in perfect paradise. But I can't remember what the third one was that he told me. There's another way that he healed. And there are several ways to respond to Jesus. One of them is with joy. One of them is we have to tell somebody else, like the shepherds. Another is to bow down and worship him. Another is to sacrificially give, just like the wise men did. Mary, she thought hard. She didn't leave her brain at the door. She thought about, meditated on, came to a conclusion about Jesus accepted and obeyed. Joseph obeyed as a response to Christ. Several ways to respond. One of them is the worst way. You can reject Jesus. 
I promise you, if you reject Jesus, you will never, ever be able to stop searching for him. Because you will seek things to fill that God-sized hole in your heart, and nothing will ever, ever satisfy you like only Jesus can. And we find four ways that people respond to the gospel of Christ Jesus came to rescue us. He died for our sins and was buried. And on the third day, he rose from the grave. We find four different responses in Scripture to that good news. Three of them we do ourselves and one is done to us. We have to believe. We repent. We confess with our mouth that he is Lord. And we are baptized into his death and raised by faith into a new life. I don't want anyone in here to leave without at least thinking about and contemplating and meditating on the challenge to connect your soul to our Savior, the Messiah, the one, the only one that can save us, the only one that can give us peace, the only one that can heal us. We have been discussing in this Christmas sermon series as we've looked at the prophet Isaiah and we've looked at the Christmas story, we've talked about these ways that Jesus Christ exchanges a gift with us. Jacob preached on how if we know Jesus, he exchanges loneliness for connection. Last night, we had planned for our Christmas Eve service to discuss how Jesus can exchange hurt for healing. And we don't want to forget that he can exchange our grief for real joy. Jesus can heal us. He can give us joy. Dr. Jeffrey Boyd, a psychiatrist, chairman of ethics, chairman of psychology, uh, connected with a hospital, teaching hospital to Yale, he said as a psychiatrist, he always is healing people's souls. He said, psychologists and psychiatrists, they never want to admit it, but they're in the soul business. And he said, the worst possible diagnosis somebody could get in psychiatry is borderline personality disorder. He said to psychiatrists, that's a, that's a diagnosis that means somebody can never be healed. Somebody can never change. That's a terrible diagnosis. He said in 35 years, of psychiatry, he has only ever had one patient be healed of the diagnosis of borderline personality disorder. He said her name was Leslie. And he said, Leslie, in this diagnosis, was at the center broken of her own broken world. Can you imagine if you were the center of your own world? Just think, are you good enough or perfect enough or holy enough, righteous enough, wise enough to be the center of your own world? That's the description of sin missing the mark, of rebellion against what God says his ways are better, of perversion where we take something good and we pervert it selfishly. He said Leslie had tried psychiatric medication, psychological uh, counseling, Nothing seemed to work. 
until she met Jesus. She said, he said, Dr. Boyd said, when she met Jesus and responded, connecting her soul to his grace, confessing with her mouth that he is Lord and Savior, believing in her heart, when she gave her life to Christ, that was when she was healed. He said she went from being the center of her universe that was broken to God being the center of her universe. And then she was able to deal with the brokenness she found in herself and around her because she was connected to the only one that could save her. We hope you have enjoyed this message. If you need someone to pray with you, talk to, or maybe you just want more information about our church, be sure to fill out a Connect card so we can reach out and help you take your next best step. Thanks again for joining, and we will see you back here next time.